This is ZFM Stereo. Business Unusual, separating economic facts from fiction. Good evening and welcome to Business Unusual. I am Onelisa Dube and this episode is brought to you by Zim Trade. And in the next few months, we'll be looking at trade issues, opportunities that are in trade in regional and international markets. So if you are a producer, a middleman or whichever stage you are in the export chain, this show is for you. And we welcome your feedback, your questions, your concerns. You can get in touch with us on 07. 07- one three one six eight zero four five. That's zero seven three one one six eight zero four five. I was about to give my personal number there. My my guest this evening is a Zim Trade Chief Executive Officer Alan Majuru. So we know that Zim Trade yeah. is a national trade development and promotion organization, which is a joint partnership between the government and the private sector. Walk us through the work that you do. Uh, thank you very much, Mona Lisa. So we, we do a lot of things, Mona Lisa. Um, our work is divided into four parts. We do what we call export development. And on this area, we are mainly focusing on capacity building issues, whereby we train uh, our SMEs, potential and existing exporters on targeting of business. And also we've partnered uh, international experts from the Netherlands and uh, Germany who are also assisting our companies in terms of then improving their competitiveness. We also do what we call uh, export promotion. After we do the training and capacity building and the companies are export ready, we then take them to promotional events outside the country, either invite buyers to come to Zimbabwe through B2B meetings, or we take our companies to showcase their goods and services to to other countries. And uh, our main interest currently is the need for us to, to grow Traffic trade. So the main focus is making sure that we post trade within uh, Africa. We also offer market intelligence. We, we do market service. We go to a country, do market service, we identify opportunities, we come back, we distribute the results, and then we also urge companies to then follow through to make sure that that market intelligence then generates business for them. Um, we also do advocacy, you know, for our companies to export. They have to be competitive, and uh, most of them face a number of obstacles when they are exporting, especially issues to do with uh, permits, etc. Whereby, in most instances, these companies have to move from one office to the another to to make sure that they've got the right documentation for them for them to export. So, we lobby uh, a lot to make sure that these things are either streamlined or removed totally, and aligned to the goal of government to make sure that we grow our exports. Uh, uh, annually by 10%. So in a nutshell, that is what we do. So you are very hands-on in whatever that is concerned as far as exports are concerned in Zimbabwe. Now, Mr. Majuru, what is the current status of the nation's trade? I know in the past few years, imports have been exceeding exports, and this is not a favorable position as a country. How are we faring right now? So I think I'll also try to answer you in the context of, of the current COVID situation. So last year, if you look at it closely, even the WTO, they all made assumptions that exports are going to go down. Some were even indicating that there might be a negative, like minus 5% ETC. But I think if we put it to not, is our target of 10% growth annually. 
that we want to achieve. But the good thing is, against all odds, we managed to maintain a positive growth of around 2.7% for last year. It's not what we wanted to achieve, but definitely we went against all odds to make sure that that figure still remained positive. Um, but if you look at the mix in terms of composition of our exports, I think uh, over there's around 80% of them have predominantly been uh, raw materials, uh, minerals, commodities, etc. So which means that uh, over the years we've been exporting revenue and we've been exporting jobs. But um, uh, the good thing is now going forward with what uh, the launch of the National Development Blueprint by the President Komodi uh, Nangagwa, we want now to move uh, away from a process whereby we we export jobs and revenue, but rather uh, values contained within and uh, we export validated goods and services. So the target is to move away from the current 9%, whereby 9% of our exports are contributing, of the validated exports are contributing to, towards the total export structure to 8% in, uh, in 2025. So in that process, the more we do value addition, the more value we also get from our exports and the more we grow our exports. So that is in the, the structure of our export. But if you then look and the manufactured goods and services. Uh, I think you you know that looking at last year, our processed foods, I think, was one of the biggest performers. I think it grew by around 18%, and most of the exports were within the region, Zambia, Mozambique, you name it. And I think the issue is people, despite COVID, required to it. And I think the analogy that my team was telling me that people are spending more time at home, so people ordinarily eat it, they spend more time at at, at home and uh one of the sectors that is very key for this country that did not do so well but has got massive potential is the horticulture sector i think you you, you know that we've got a good comparative advantage when it comes to that in the 90s uh, zimbabwe used to be the biggest uh, export of fresh produce from africa followed by kenya but that trajectory has changed so we want to reclaim that position but um, unfortunately when the lockdown started, the global lockdown started, I think it affected the fresh produce sector, whereby even in the Netherlands, the hub of uh, exporting our fresh produce, a lot of shops closed by, a lot of restaurants closed, so it was now difficult to then export some of the products that we offered and uh, farmers uh, took a knock. But we hope now this year what is happening, we get more value from it, even uh, our flowers. Once a good, a big export of flowers, but currently um, we are working towards making sure that we also reclaim that post, but the prices of flowers, I think they literally shot up the prices that I was being told per stem, uh, went up very high, significantly by more than 50%. So that then offers opportunity to our producers because we mainly start to talk about exports. We start from the market and then our manufacturers produce to fit into the into the market. So currently that is what we are working on. But we, we, we know, I think, going going forward, um, especially in the services sector, there's a huge untapped potential there where we have got uh, health workers, we've got our professionals, the education sector. Even. So um, <laughs> you spoke about ideally the target of the country being having 10% 
annual growth. And you also indicated that um, the country's exports have been largely affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So to what extent really has um, this goal and our trading exports have been affected to the COVID-19? Do we have stats that we actually gather together to see the extent of this uh, effect? Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll just use some basic analysis. Remember, uh, remember I say that our target was to do 10% annually, but we ended at 2.7. So you cannot attribute it mainly to the effect of COVID, but it, it shows a reflection of where we should have been, things being equal in terms of what we had planned. But unfortunately, when we planned, the assumption of COVID was not even thought about uh, at that time. So, yeah. So how, how are we doing? I don't think you quite answered that question in terms of the impact. No, uh, we are not doing so bad uh, looking at COVID, even if you compare us with uh, other countries in the region. And even in Europe, those guys were badly hit by COVID. But for us, uh, like I said before, uh, the processed food sector, actually in the manufacturing sector, jumped by 20%, something that we never thought could happen. But... I think these are some of the positives that COVID brought through was when you have a lockdown and people are staying at home, people tend to, to eat more. And also if you look at the trading part, um, the cargo side and uh, the trading goods, I think was being given priority. So goods still, still moved in that area. But also if you look at the import side, um, our main import destinations are South Africa and China. And those were hardly hit by COVID when uh, the global lockdown started. So it really affected most of the companies that did not have sufficient stock to last them for a very long period of time. And also most of the companies, uh, most of the countries were now giving priority to their own local companies for them to be well equipped and well resourced before we started to look at exports. So that in a way uh, sort of affected the the manufacturing sector when it came to exports. So when we look at exports, Mr. Majuri, you, I know that exports are the lead in the national development agenda. So obviously this is because they generate foreign currency. What's the strategy there? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, just to be clear on the, on, the, on the hierarchy, you know, we need foreign currency. The, why we're facing a lot of challenges is, is because there's a lack of foreign currency. And the biggest end of foreign currency in the country is exports. Uh, then followed by uh, remittances and also issues to do with credit lines and investments. They follow, I think, in that order. So it now becomes apparent for us to make sure that that which is the biggest end is supported so that we get more in terms of value or when it comes to exports. Now, in terms of the strategy, I think if you look at the blueprint that was launched by His Excellency uh, President Edith Nangago, it clearly outlines that we now need to move the contribution of exports to the whole total export structure from 9% to 20% in 2025. So if we enhance value addition uh, in a way or along the way, we are also increasing the value of exports. That's why alongside we have the need for exports to then also grow by 10% annually, so, just, so that we achieve our target of also 7 billion by 2023 20, and 14 billion by 2030. 
uh, along the way. So a, a lot of things are going to be done in that regard. And the good thing is we are working very well with our counterparts in Zinda because there's the issue of validation that requires investments. And uh, Zinda is responsible for special economic zones. And special economic zones, for you to qualify, you have to have a certain percentage that is going towards uh, export promotion when you set up all your manufacturing. So we need to grow the value, but also we need to grow the number of exporters that play in the area of value addition. This is Business Unusual. I'm Monalisa Dube, and today I am joined by the Zim Trade Chief Executive Officer, Alan Majuru. And this program is just a, a brief uh, highlight of some of the issues that we are going to be speaking about in detail in the coming weeks here on Business Unusual. Now, Mr. Majuru, you spoke about how, as as a sector, you're aiming to achieve a to be worth seven billion dollars by 2023. How are we faring in terms of progress? I think minus COVID, I think we we were doing well in terms of the programs that we're offering. But I think the, the onus is now is on us. We we don't want to spend a lot of time crying about what COVID has done, but rather focus on the opportunities that COVID has what has provided along the way. I, I'll give you an example um, of, of of the horticulture sector, especially looking at citrus. Although we did not do well, but uh, citrus like the oranges, the limes and the lemons that we export, the, the price uh, went up uh, drastically, you know, uh, by more than 50%. And this was premised on the need for people to be consuming uh, vitamin C, you know, due to, to the advent of COVID. So people in that sector really benefited a lot in terms of uh, returns. And this is a trend that is likely to continue in the foreseeable future because People are now focusing on healthy food consumption. And in Zimbabwe, we offer a, a, a unique value and unique selling point when it comes to that because we have the time and uh, we have the land to do the same. And remember, we are also a non-GMO uh, and that gives also a unique selling point for us to penetrate, especially markets in, in Europe of, of, of the same. And, and this is why we have this program. You spoke about uh, opportunities that we can leverage as Zimbabweans as far as exports are concerned. And I know as Zimtrade, you release monthly newsletters, uh, often highlighting on trading opportunities for local businesses and some key markets that they can actually exploit. I know you've briefly spoken about some of those opportunities. Maybe give us more detail on what opportunities that Zimbabwean exporters, local businesses can look out for. I'll try and go sector by sector and my focus is mainly going to be on the manufacturing sector because that's where we want to derive more value on. Um, I think one key sector that has been uh, not tapped into is the services sector. Uh, we've got massive opportunity there and with now the advent of the African continent of free trade area, I think it offers a lot of opportunities from a government to government level us to tap into this if it, i don't know whether you were born uh, during the wenela period uh, when zimbabwe were sending people to work in south africa 
that agreement worked because there was a government-to-government relationship that was there. So we benefited more from the export of uh, service in terms of labor. And we had a same arrangement when we also sent our engineers to Namibia. That really helped because there was a government-to-government uh, engagement there and uh, the private sector then used that platform to make sure that we exported uh, a service in terms of engineers to, to, to other countries. So the service sector offers, offers massive opportunities, even in tourism, even in health, even in education. There are massive opportunities if you go way back. And I think even up to now, Lawayo used to make sure that we get students from Botswana in Namibia would go and learn at nasty the School of Mines and even uh, Blaio Poly. So we need to make sure that we uh, we promote that as a service that we can generate uh, foreign currency from. The, the construction sector and the engineering, I think we have got uh, a, a number of good associations and unique people who are in this sector in this country. And uh, if you look in the region, uh, I think there are massive construction projects that are happening, be it in Mozambique, be it in Angola, be it in Malawi, even in Zambia. So we can, besides exporting the materials required in the building process, we can also export our services in terms of architecture, you know, electrical engineers, etc. So there's massive opportunity. But um, the arts and crafts sector, I think um, this also talks closely to the small-scale traders who do the cross-border. I think uh, there is massive opportunity now, and there has been, but there is need for a more coordinated approach to make sure that at least they take advantage of the logistical issues that are there and they aggregate and form associations so that they get more returns when they do export rather than for them to be doing it individually because other countries are focusing on economies of scale whilst we want to do things individually. So it's good for competitors locally to work together so that when they go outside, there's what we call competition, where competitors cooperate for them to interest markets. The leather sector is another lowing of food that you can tip into. And I think as into what we've done, we've assisted some companies to call what to form what they call the Zimbabwe Leather Collective. It's a group of companies in the leather sector that we assist in to market their products. And we've had a lot of small-scale leather producers taking part in, in, in this platform. And we've managed to get assistance from Comesa to buy machinery and even capacitate these uh, small-scale players. I'm glad you brought that up, Mr. Majuru, because my next question was actually going to be, how is ZimTrade actually assisting local companies to harness these opportunities? Because the opportunities might be there, it's one thing, and it's another for the market to be actually be viable. But there's also the role of actually linking mm. uh, different companies together. So my question was going to be, how are you assisting these local companies apart from the leather sector? No, thank you very much. So I'll give an example in the multicultural sector, what we've done. Um, we've formed what we call, with the, with the, with the partnership of the Dutch, uh, what we call uh, uh, motor farms, whereby we've identified about four of them, and around them we've got small-scale players who can then give them produce to export. So these guys are exporting much to contribute their peas, and they are all, we are also now in the process of getting them to export uh, sweet potatoes um, we took them to a mission in the Netherlands about uh, last year actually before the lockdown happened 
and we identified that there's there are certain varieties of uh, sweet potatoes that are required in Europe and in the UK, and we are now trying to get them to grow those varieties. So we are now we have a, a platform whereby we technical assist them to know the requirements of the market. Remember, when you produce, you have to talk to what the markets want. If you think you are clever. Just manufacture what you want and try to force it a summer stroke. Even yourself, Mona Lisa, <laughs> you might not want uh, stone, fruits, stone fruits, but uh, I'll go and farm stone fruits and then try and sell them to you. Uh, no matter how nice they look or know how nice they taste, but if you don't like them, you will not buy. So we first assess the market. We do market service, uh, assess the demographics, assess the tastes, and then come back and then feed to the companies to make sure that when they then export, we are tying them to a buyer of the goods. And this is how then these companies stay in business because it's the market that gives them the, the, the value to stay in business. We've also started a program that is there to empower the youth called Eagles Nest. We're talking about 100 youth that we are capacity building because we want for them to tap into some of these areas that have not normally been tapped into. You know, youths are very innovative. We look at an opportunity. We capacitate them to tap into that opportunity. They, they go with it. Um, also, I think, uh, try to assist uh, some small-scale farmers in, in the yards with cyclone, uh, wine to pineapples. We are capacity building them to export organic pineapples in Netherlands. Ofteka is there. Unfortunately, due to the cyclone and also due to COVID, our progress has been delayed. But we hope that this year, we're going to be sending the first lot to from from this area. And we are also putting in place what we call a provincial clusters, whereby we want each province to have a cluster, and uh, that cluster is focusing on exporting. Eventually, what we want to do, like what Ghana did, we want to make sure that this goes down, say, each district. What is it that each district is producing? That is and it's at exporting and uh, we are also working in in, in good just to mention that a few on a garlic project uh, that we are capacitating people in that uh, constituency for for them uh, to be more outward looking and for the garlic to be exported to countries like Botswana and Namibia and even Europe if we manage to get global cap certification so we are, we are doing a lot of things um I can Monalisa, see I that it's really a lot going. and I know that there is so yeah, much other information yeah. that you could have given us that because of time probably and other issues that we need to take care of on this program you might not be able to give out all the information but if a, a local company is listening and they would like to know how to reach out to Zimtrade and get more information or get this assistance how do they go about it? Uh, for, for those uh want to visit, visit us physically uh, we don't fear COVID we are available in Harare in Harare it's number 188 Semyoma uh, along Sega Street Station and then in Blayo we are at Manika Center uh, we just uh, sorry in Tare we are at uh, Manika Center we just recently opened this office last year to make sure that we make the eastern region a hub for Blayo in uh, Tungogara between uh, second and third uh, number 81 I think uh, Tungogara between second and third in Hawaii they can visit us there but also we are available if people want to get in touch they can catch us, us on email info at zimtrade.co.zw or even follow our Twitter handle at zimtrade alerts 
on on Twitter, and uh, I think it's a, a WhatsApp line. I've forgotten the number, but I'll also share with you that WhatsApp WhatsApp number so that uh, people can easily catch us on WhatsApp. So as we round uh, up, uh, Mr. Majuru, you know, March is Women's History Month. And as we celebrate and empower women, what are the current programs that you have a Zim trade that are targeted at growing exports from women-led businesses? I think uh, one thing that we realized is um, there's no better tool for development, much more powerful than empowering uh, so for us, for a couple of programs that we're running, I've spoken about the EcoSnest program. It's what it's focused also on what on empowering youths, uh, women, youthful women, to be in the mainstream export business. We have a program also that we're running called Female Export Masterclass. These are women-led enterprises that we're working with with the assistance of the Dutch government to empower them so that they also get into the mainstream. For, for, for exports, and we're in the process of uh, partnering. Partnering, we are. It's a women in Africa group that is mainly uh, looking at how to empower women to be self-sufficient in terms of uh, their jobs. But we are now taking an export twist to it, make sure that the, the businesses are not just inward-looking, but they're just also out-looking. I think I'll, I'll just end there for now, but I can go on and on about the number of programs that we're doing for women. And like I did indicate earlier, we have a series of this program where we are going to be talking about export opportunities for different sectors. And like Mr. Majuru here said, there are a number of programs that are within the Zim trade that you can take advantage of and get in touch with them from the details that he has given you if you need any more information. But we are back again next week, Thursday from 7.30 p.m. where we're talking about trade talk. We're basically talking about trade in Zimbabwe, what opportunities are there, how you can make the most out of it etc and on that note mr majuru we wrap up uh, this episode of business unusual which is pretty much an introductory episode on what the upcoming conversations are going to be about i appreciate your time this evening alan majuru the chief executive officer at zim trade i am on elisa dube have a pleasant evening Z. 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 Z.